Amen. All right. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke, um, chapter 2. The book of Luke, chapter 2. And this Sunday, we are going to be reflecting on the theme of joy um, in this Advent season as we um, look back and reflect on Jesus' first coming and then look forward to his second coming. Um, as you turn there, by the way, the last song that was sung, Emmanuel, um, which was a lovely song, um, it's the first song our church wrote. Um, together and Dan Boss and his team wrote and recorded it last year and it's brilliant um, such a lovely song and so we sent out an email with information on how to get a copy but yeah enjoy it it's such a beautiful song and it's not just because we did it I'm raving about it um, it's a lovely song it's theologically solid in so many ways. All right, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be reading from verses 1 through to 24. I'm going to be reading from the ESV um, version. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let's pray. 
Oh God, this season, this Christmas season, as we do our best to reflect on the true meaning of Christmas, I pray that the joy that is only available in Christ would be experienced by all of us, regardless of our circumstances. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In her hit reality TV show, Japanese-renowned tidying expert, Mary Kondu, if I've pronounced it right, I hope I have. I haven't. Someone shaking their head. Mary Kondo, Kondu, Kondo, uh, tries to help Americans <laughs> declutter their homes and their lives. The show features Marie helping disorganized Americans clean their homes by getting rid of clothes and other items they don't need. And then she teaches them how to proper, properly organize what's left and fold clothes to make the most of space. Her goal is to assist her clients in creating a joy-filled home that works the way they need it to. One of the things about Marie Kondo's method that has captured people's attention is the question she has you asked to determine whether or not to keep an item. With each item, you must ask yourself the following question. Does this item spark joy? The Japanese translation of spark joy is tokimeki, and I hope I've pronounced that right, which literally means heart flutter. When joy checking your item, you're looking for items that gives you this spark of joy in your heart. If it does, you keep it. And if it doesn't spark joy in some way, thank the item for being a part of your life and then donate it or trash it. What if we applied this same question to the Christmas holidays? As you look forward to the Christmas holidays, what are you looking to or expecting to spark joy in your life? What will make you ultimately extremely happy, joyful, and satisfied during the Christmas season? Maybe it's quality time with family. 
Maybe for some of you, it's opening your presence. That's what sparks joy. Maybe it's your favorite Christmas meal, or long, slow walks and hikes, or the long winter break, or board games, or sleeping in. What will spark joy in your heart and mind during the Christmas holidays? What's true, okay, is that these things that you look to to spark joy will bring you joy. They will. But the other truth we often overlook is that the joy they spark will not keep burning, but will soon flicker out. These holidays, the joys we will experience from the things we enjoy, come on, if we're honest with ourselves, are fleeting, are momentary, and they will not last. All right? That first taste of your favorite meal, sparks joy, but then it will all fade because you'll eat too much. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh gosh, I'm just eating too much, you know. But what if there was a joy available to us that is not based on circumstances or a season or an experience, but this joy is consistent. It's a joy that is lasting, a joy that is not seasonal, but remains throughout the year. And here's the good news. The good news is that this kind of joy actually exists, and it's available for you and I. It is true and lasting joy that will not fade when the holidays are over, but will remain no matter what season you're in. And this indescribable or indestructible joy is the joy we're going to be exploring a little bit more this morning. All right? So not long... After Mary became pregnant, Caesar Augustus, the emperor and ruler of the Roman Empire at the time, announced a decree for all citizens under Roman rule to get registered. Look at verse 1 again. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the, of the entire Roman world. All right. The fascinating thing, and if you love history, about this census is that it had nothing to do with a count or survey of the population, but it was all about making sure people were paying the taxes Rome demanded. To make things even more complicated, the only place people could actually get registered is back in their hometown. Look at verse 4 and 5. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Verse 5. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And so when the decree was announced, Joseph and Mary, who were engaged and not officially married yet, 
were living in the town of Nazareth, and like everyone else, they had to go back to their hometown in order to get registered. So what do they do? They packed their bags, um, and they traveled to their hometown of Bethlehem so that they can be registered. Look at verse 6 and 7. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth um, to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. On May 7th, 2019, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced the birth of their first child on Instagram. In the caption, the proud parents wrote, we are pleased to announce that their Royal Highness, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, have welcomed their firstborn child. Apparently, this announcement was epic. It broke all royal records. It reached one million followers within six hours of being launched, and it earned them a spot in the Guinness Book of World Records. Now, the birth of Jesus was not as extravagant and as publicized like the birth of the royal baby. It was low-key, it was mundane, he was born in a manger. But how his birth was announced was epic. It wasn't announced through social media or on news networks or anything like that. But the birth of Jesus Christ was announced in a way no birth has ever been announced before. It was announced by angels. A few miles from the stable where Mary has just given birth is a field. It's late at night. And this field is mostly occupied by a bunch of shepherds taking care of their flock. Look at verse 18. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And so it's late at night. Okay, It's been a long and exhausting day for these shepherds. They are tired and the most desirable thing for them right now is to close their eyes and fall into a deep sleep. But as they struggle to stay awake, they are suddenly awoken by the dazzling appearance of an angel. The presence of the angel is so electrifying, so overwhelming, so dazzling, they are filled with great fear. But what's fascinating is that their fears are soon calmed by what the angel says to them. Look at verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. First thing the angel says, don't be paranoid. Don't be scared. And he tells them to fear not because his message to them is not one of judgment, but rather 
It's a message that is good news of great joy. In other words, the angel is the bearer of news that is so good, it produces great joy in everyone, everywhere, who hears it and believes it. What's the most joyous news you've ever received? What's the most joyous news you've ever received? I certainly remember some incredibly joyous news. I think the most, the one that comes to mind is when Eleanor and I um, first received news that our visa had been um, approved for us to come back to the UK. Um, it was, um, we were dealing with um, an attorney that is based in the US, so when the email was sent, it was really late at night. And I remember I was up late, I just couldn't sleep, and I saw the email, I was so excited, I ran upstairs, I woke Eleanor up, she wasn't happy about that. <laughs> I woke her up and I said, we've been approved! Ah! And she was like, what are you doing? And then she got excited and we celebrated and then she was like, now I can't go back to sleep. <laughs> Think about some of the most joyous news you've ever heard in your life. Maybe if you're here and you're a father, it may have been the news of the birth of your first child. If you're a student, maybe the best news you've ever received was your acceptance letter to the college of your choice. If you're in the military, if you're a military spouse, perhaps the best news is hearing your husband or wife is on their way back from a lengthy deployment. For some of you, the most joy-filled news you've ever heard was the promotion you worked hard for, the negative COVID result, or that you'll not be losing your job, or that the cancer has disappeared, or the text message from the girl saying yes to a date. What is the most joyous news you've ever received? Now, as amazing and fulfilling as this news was for you, this is what is the truest thing about the news. No matter how good the news was, it does not even come close to the goodness of the news the angel announced to the shepherds. The joy you're supposed to feel because of this good news of great joy being announced by these angels to the shepherds should bring you more joy than the most joyous news you've ever received. 
And so the question is, what is the good news of great joy that is better than the best news you've ever heard? Look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The good news that will give you the greatest joy is all about the birth of a child. And the reason the birth of this child is good news and calls for joyous celebrations is because of who he is and what he's done. All right? In the text, he's described as the Savior who is the Christ, the Lord. All right? This basically means that he is the long-awaited Messiah, God's only chosen king, not only of Israel, but he's the king of the world and who's anointed to rule and reign in God's world with God's authority, right? In other words, the name and the titles given to Jesus means this, that the baby born in Bethlehem was actually God in human flesh. Let me say that again. Because we're so familiar with this, it doesn't blow us away. It doesn't blow our minds as it should, okay? The baby, Jesus, born some 2,000 years ago in the city of Bethlehem, was God in human flesh. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus Christ, right, who was born to a Jewish couple in a small town of Bethlehem, is actually the God of the universe? There are many views and opinions about who God is. But Christianity believes, and the nativity story clearly reveals, that Jesus of Nazareth was God incarnate, God in human flesh. Rico Tice, British author and Anglican minister, says this, When we look at Jesus... The guessing games about God stop. The God of the Bible is not someone we dreamed up. No, God has revealed himself to us. God has shown us what he's like by sending his son, Jesus Christ. Do you believe this? Absolutely mind-blowing. There is no doubt. There are historical records that prove that Jesus was real and legit and was born. 
And what this is revealing to us and what scripture and the Bible says and Christianity says is that Jesus was God, the creator of the universe. And this is precisely why the birth of Jesus is good news of great, great joy. The birth of Jesus is good news of great joy because it's when God stepped into human history to dwell with us, to die for us, so that salvation can become available for everyone everywhere who believes. And so, this Christmas, God intends Christmas to bring joy. Not the joy that is sparked, but soon flickers out. Not a small, tiny, weeny joy. Not modest joy, but great joy. It's the joy of all joys. It doesn't change based on circumstances. Nothing in this world can take it away or weaken it. It's a joy that is described by Tim McKee as an attitude God's people adopt not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promises. And so Chris, this Christmas, let's not settle for the fleeting and futile joy that comes from created things, but seek after the indestructible joy that is found only in Jesus Christ. Yesterday I went for a walk and I was like, I'm, I'm going to be preaching about joy and the joy only you provide. God, to be honest, I, I don't feel or experience that joy. I'm always looking to something or someone to give me joy and make me happy. God, why am I not satisfied in you and in the joy that you have for me in Jesus? I want to experience it. So the question I was wrestling with is, God, how, how do I, how do I experience this joy? I want to experience the joy only you provide this Christmas. And it was simple. It was fight for this joy on your knees in prayer. So my encouragement or my exhortation or challenge for you this Christmas is to fight for this joy. The joy God promises to give to those who are in Jesus Christ. Let's fight for it on our knees. Let's schedule times of prayer and cry out to God and say, God, there are many things being promised me joy in this season, and those things are awesome family, all of those things. The other day I saw a billboard that said, 
um, joy to his world, and it was an advertisement by Manscaped, and it's man groom, men grooming products, and apparently those bring joy to this world. I don't know. Women must know that. I don't know. And I was like, my goodness, <laughs> there's so many things that promises joy, okay? And those things, we can find joy in them, but man, let's not settle for those fleeting and futile joy. Let's cry out and pray and ask God for his joy that is only found in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. God, I pray that this Christmas season... 2021, that we would be a people that actually experience your indescribable joy. Thank you for Jesus, and thank you that his arrival and his second coming is good news of great joy. So may we glory and rejoice in this. In his name we pray. Amen.